What's up guys, this is Logan from Here the Spear presented by Noel Game Day. It is Syracuse week, we're going to preview this tonight. Uh, I'm here with Ryan Stalter and Dustin Lewis. What's happening guys, happy Friday. I don't have it in me to, to yell D-Lou right now, I, I apologize. <laughs> it's the weekend. That sounded so rough. <laughs> uh, we're we're going to... We're going to talk a little bit, you know, we'll recap a little bit of the Sanford game, but we definitely want to preview more of Syracuse. I want to ask you guys, though, heading into the Syracuse game after two games, which FSU players have done better than you expected? Somebody that's like came out of nowhere that we didn't, that you didn't predict. Can I say FSU's opponents? (laughs) Uh, No, okay, so. We'll scratch that one. Which players have done better than we expected? I think Kyle Myers is one. I didn't necessarily expect him to do bad, but just I think he two turnovers last week. I think he's been pretty, um, pretty shut down for. Do you do you think that um, with uh, Levante Taylor struggling, do you think I don't know that's the secondary is still having a rough time? But how about Hamsa Nazraldine? Uh, he's been pretty good tackling, but I kind of expected him to be our best or second best safety. So I wouldn't say he's done better than I expected. He hasn't really made any like splash plays. Yeah. Oh, I think would be, would be is definitely somebody who's done better than I expected. He's Uh been like close to FSU's best defender, which is scary for two reasons. One, because FSU should have a lot better players than a true freshman, but also on the flip side, because he's only a true freshman playing in his first two games ever. And he's been kind of dominant. Yeah, he has, he's been using good packages too. And, I want to know what what's up with yours, Dustin. Um, I think I would say Trey McKitty. He's kind of established himself as that that safety blanket for Francois. He's always finding a way to get open with his athleticism at tight end. He just he creates mismatches mismatches on the uh, linebackers. And I've just been yeah I've been pretty impressed with what he's done through two games. All right, let's move on to the uh, guys that. You're kind of like, what happened? You know, you expected a lot more from them. Are there any players, player or players, Ryan, that you have right now? Uh, okay, so number one is Juwan Williams. Um, just because of his, like, recruiting um, stature and uh, I guess kind of the hype coming into the preseason, I thought we might have an average left tackle even after Josh Ball got dismissed. But... He after getting pulled because he continuously got beat by an FCS defensive end last Saturday. Um, I would say he's done pretty, pretty, uh, pretty bad compared to what I expected. Yeah, I mean the the offensive line in general, like across the across the board, has left a lot to be desired. I mean, it just hasn't been very pretty at all. No, it's. I think for my player, uh, it had to be Levante Taylor. I know there's a report coming out or that he lost his aunt. I think a day or two days before something like that before the Virginia Tech game. So he's been going through some emotional stuff. Plus, plus, uh, his family. That 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 report you also saw uh, mentioned his family in Virginia Beach being affected by the hurricane currently that he's dealing with. Also, yeah. So he's stressed and he's got a lot of stuff on his mind too. But He's had a rough time with bigger wide receivers. 
he's getting beat on a lot of plays, but I, I see him being able to turn it around. But that, for right now, that's a guy that is, has kind of shocked me starting off the season. Uh, I want to kind of get to uh, I want to get to the biggest part of the podcast here and the highlight of the week, topic of the week, what everyone's talking about. It's a it's a backpack. Um, I want to know if y'all will be purchasing one soon, and if y'all are going to wear one to secure the bag this week. Um, I will not be purchasing one. I don't have five hundred dollars to spend on a backpack. Okay. Uh, personally, I know Dustin's got big money, but me no. Not that big, Jesus. Um, but all joking aside, uh, I think the backpack's corny. Yes, but I do think that it would be a lot viewed a lot differently by the entire fan base and perhaps national media and other fan bases if FSU had got to bring it out in a win against Virginia Tech, maybe make a big play, pick six, something that a positive play instead of bringing it out, featuring it for the first time down two, t- two scores to Samford. I think that puts a kind of a bad first impression for the turnover backpack that uh, people won't really be able to get over because now every time you see it, it's like, Remember when we brought that out down two scores against an FCS team? Dustin, if you're going to change the item or whatever they're holding or wearing, what would it be? Would you stay with the backpack or would you do like a spear or something? Honestly, I I like a spear idea or kind of what Jimmy was talking about in his article that we talked about earlier. Maybe a tomahawk, something, just something significant to, to Seminoles would yeah. would be a really cool idea. You gotta secure the bag, baby. How I mean, about war paint and a headdress? <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. Put some garnet, put some garnet paint <laughs> under their eyes, and put a headdress on them with face some painting on the sideline. That's what I'm game. saying. Yeah, get some face painting. That'd be nice. What Mickey Andrews is gonna get what about a paintbrushes? <laughs> Shoot a real Odell. bow and arrow into the crowd. The uh, position coach Odell <laughs> Hagens is gonna is gonna <laughs> a little arrow roulette. I'm sure. Most FSU fans wouldn't mind that after a one in one start. <laughs> Arrow roulette. <laughs> yeah, I know the crowd would probably enjoy it. Lord. But yeah, that that Sanford game was really weird. We had what, an hour and forty hour and a half pretty much wait until yeah. the game started. And How was the crowd? Was I meant to ask you guys. Um it, it was, was di- it did it did it show up? Did it, right, did, did it show up at did show up, yeah. And then did it stay? It did stay. It hung around for a little bit, but it wasn't like the Virginia Tech game, of course. But well, yeah, it was mainly the student section that left. Uh, but the, it was it was wild at the first quarter or two. They still believe in the yeah. Taggart era. It seems like there was definitely less people as as the game went on. But I mean, that could be expected. You know, the rain the rain was on and off, and then like the game didn't end until close to one a.m. So yeah. I mean, it was just it just made for a weird Saturday. It's a weird game. Yeah. Plus, it's Sanford, and it's Sanford and the end of it all. Uh, yeah. I, I'm wondering, uh, you know, we we, ha- we started this last uh, season on our podcast, and it was the segment of accurate or overreaction, and a lot of the listeners really liked it. So we're going to bring it back. Finally, we got asked about it last week, so we're definitely bringing it back starting now. We'll do it every week from now on. Uh, I'm going to start off with this one. Accurate or overreaction? Running back Cam Akers is not Florida State's best offensive player. Dustin, I'll let you go first. 
I would say overreaction just because I really don't think we've got to see everything Cam Akers has in his package this year just because of the, the way the offensive line is blocked. And also, I've, I've seen some stuff with Francois' decision-making where maybe he should have handed the ball off here instead of instead of throwing a bubble screen or whatnot. But, you know, I think as this team gets more comfortable with what they're doing, we're going to see Cam, his numbers, just go bigger and bigger. And I, I really do think he's going to end up with more yards by the end of the season than he had last year. Okay, what if, uh, just a, I'm going to put an extra uh, component to this question. What if Laborn was still healthy, Dustin? Cam Akers would still start. No, but so you think he'd still be FSU's best offensive player. Okay, that was my question. Cool. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm going to say overreaction also. Uh, I don't know if he's pressing or if he just hasn't been able to get his footing or if he needs one big run in the beginning of a game before he can kind of get going or a combination of all those things, plus FSU's offensive line being so porous. Um, I'm not sure what it is, but he has not got off to a good start. I think he'll have a pretty good game this weekend um, because Syracuse's defense is terrible. But I don't know for the rest of the season. I mean, it'll be really hard for him to even get back to the line of scrimmage. Once he gets to the past the defensive line into the linebackers, I think then he can be successful. But if the offensive line can't get him there, I'm not sure if you if you will have more yards than last year, Dustin. This offensive line looks a lot worse now than it did last year. The offensive line actually held their own last year against Alabama. A lot of people like that was one of the positives that, that we looked back on. I mean, they, they weren't did, able they to did it with Alabama. Well, but... Yeah, they did it with Alabama and Clemson. They mm-hmm. held on for as long as they could with Clemson, but yeah, mm-hmm. they gave. They didn't do it many them. more many more games. <laughs> no, no, they didn't. But they were shot. The they they. they, they they got the needle before the games. Those Way games. to ruin my point, Dustin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot. All right, so uh, I'm just saying, man, they're so inconsistent. I mean, that's what we're dealing with here. All right, so y'all both got overreaction on uh, on that topic. There, I'm going to move on to the next one. Kyle Myers is Florida State's best defensive back currently, right um, now. Right now. No, not right I now. Mean, just is it right now or is it their best DB? Like because. So far, I think that's a different question than, like, totally. But what what what, what, what uh, do you mean? Is Kyle Myers the best uh, DB throughout the whole season for Florida State? Will Will he be the okay. best this season for Florida State? A reaction or accurate? He will be the best. Are we considering would be a DB in this yeah. scenario? Or yeah, sure. Backer? Correct. Let's go, let's consider him a DB because I think the star still counts as a DB. <clears throat> I'm gonna say overreaction. And if people are feeling that way, I, th- I think it's mainly based on what he did Saturday against Sanford. I mean, he did a good job getting the two interceptions. But, I mean, even though Levante Taylor has, has not played well in the first two games, I mean, he got burned against Virginia Tech for a touchdown, gave up a long catch, and he wasn't much better on Saturday against Sanford outside of the, the game-winning pick six, which, I mean, turned turn it around. But, um. I still think Levante Taylor is the best, the best DB on the roster. Obviously, teams have exploited his uh, size. But, you know, I think Barnett will put him in better positions as the season moves on. And we'll see him come back. Ryan? Uh, I'll say it's an overreaction. Um, and I'm not going to say Levante is because I really don't know who FSU's best DB is. I think by the end. Lost him. 
Oh, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. There he is. I just shut, I shut my wife off and turned it back on. I could actually still hear you guys while you were laughing and saying I was gone. I don't know what happened. <laughs> At least we didn't say anything too bad. All right, so uh, I would say overreaction, and I would disagree with Dustin. I don't think Levante will be the best DB at the end of the year. I think it will probably either be Hamsa, would be, or Stanford Samuels, one of the safeties. I think the corners in this defense are asked to do too much. Um, there's a lot of one-on-one coverage, and, I mean, that's the staple of Harlan Barnett's defense. Fans like when they hear that, being super aggressive and leaving the corners on islands, but then when they get beat on islands, which is natural in this defense, and you have to live with it, people get upset. So I don't think at the end of the season people look back and say a corner had the best year just because of the style of the defense. What are your thoughts on A.J. Westbrook right now to start off the season? Well, um, I think he had a good game against Samford. I think he's been a lot better in run support than I expected, and he had a pick on Saturday. So um, I haven't seen – I think he's been like average to above average but I I don't think some of the concerns that we, I've had in previous seasons have surfaced yet. I don't know if that's just because of the small sample size or because of improvement, but we'll see. I think Hams is playing a lot despite not being a starter, which is encouraging as well. I want to I want to get to the big one here now, and hope everyone li- is listening. Accurate or overreaction? Willie Taggart is the second best head coach. Uh, in the carrier, <laughs> carrier Dome on Saturday. Is it funny, Dustin? It's just yikes. <laughs> it is yikes. You, you wouldn't think that we'd be recording saying this at all. Before the season. Yeah. Go ahead, Dustin. Let's see what you got, Dustin. I'm going to say accurate. I think right now, Dino Babbers is, is a better head coach at, in the ACC than Willie Taggart. I mean, obviously Taggart did a great job rebuilding Western Kentucky, USF, and then he had a pretty good season when he had a starting quarterback last year at Oregon. But so far that success hasn't quite translated to this program. So I'm going to say that right now in the third game of the season, Dino Babbers is a better head coach than Willie Taggart. But going forward, I think Taggart has – there's plenty of time for him to redeem himself. and He's got a lot to You know, prove. the play calling. Yeah. He's got a lot to play. And, I, okay. and I think I don't think it's all going to be disappointment in 2018. Okay, you save yourself at the end there, Dustin. Wow, there I'm going to go trying to keep the listeners. I'm going to go overreaction because uh, um, I think I think Syracuse would trade Taggart for Babers tomorrow. I think they would take Taggart over um, Dino. But I will say that I think Syracuse – I know this isn't what you asked, but I think Syracuse will be the better coached team on Saturday. Uh, they won't have as much talent, and Dino has had a lot more time than Taggart has had to coach them. And I think yeah, that is part exactly. of the reason they're better coached on Saturday, and I think that's what Dustin was trying to say. Definitely. Yeah, like kidding. Dino, he's been there for, for multiple seasons now. I mean, he's got his recruiting classes there, the players he wants yep. in his system. And I think that makes him the better coach. I mean, Taggart is still trying to fit – that's different fair. size puzzle pieces together. Okay, yeah, I think Syracuse would be the better coach team. I think Taggart is still a, a widely recognized as a better head coach, despite his early struggles at Florida State. <clears throat> What's uh, the next one you got uh, for us, Logan? I got accurate or overreaction. Dustin could start at tackle for Florida State University. This year. <laughs> That's what? accurate. 
You think so? <laughs> yeah, much, I mean, maybe not w- preseason, like not preseason, but I think after Jawan Williams got pulled on Saturday, if Dustin was standing there with a helmet and pads on, I think uh, Mark Schneider might have grabbed him and sent him in. Well, I was hoping Greg Fry would grab me. Oops. I was thinking, I know Dustin <laughs> more. Of, my experience with Dustin is That's more of a right. defensive lineman. Excuse That's me. all right. Uh, yeah, yeah, Ryan's Greg, getting Greg ready Fry for. trotted him out there. No, Ryan's got really. got skill stats for both sides of the ball. Yeah, Ryan's really mentally emotional uh, right now with the hurricane uh, hitting his area. You know, just a couple oh, raindrops and whatnot. So I understand him and I. Knowing the coaching staff after having oh, I know that. the coaching staff uh, intimately. Yeah. I just know Dustin <laughs> as a defensive yeah. tackle at heart. Dustin, uh, how much are you weighing right now so we can figure out if we need to put you in or not? Whew. You know, I'm hitting about those 260s, 270s, so I'd be a little bit on the lighter side. For if you put on 15 pounds, Dustin, tackle. I think I'd get you a walk-on spot. Take me to Golden Corral, boy. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's yeah. do it. Uh, that's our sponsor, so we'll put that at the now plan. All right. Uh, oh, you gotta bleep that out. Yeah, let me bleep that out. We only uh, talk about <laughs> restaurants that are sponsors. Uh, all right. Up next, accurate or overreaction? FSU has a better chance of going four and eight than eight and four. Back to the Gators year of being a four four and eighters back then. But do you think Florida State has a better chance of going four and eight than eight and four? I'll go. I'll go first. Uh, I think this is accurate. I think FSU has a better chance of going four and eight than eight and four. I don't think there's a high chance of them going either, but I think there is a a small chance of them going four and eight and eight and four. And I think the four and eight chance is marginally higher, just because of the strength of schedule and what FSU's FSU has shown so far. I mean, if FSU loses to Syracuse this weekend, there's maybe one or there's Northern Illinois. And the cupcake at the end of the year, the only two games you could pencil in as wins, and that would be three wins. And then you'd have to beat one of the teams you're underdogs against. They don't if have you were one at the end of the Syracuse. year. They don't have one at the end of the year. It goes from straight Notre Dame to Boston College to Florida. Oh, that's right. They're playing that's Notre good. Dame and Florida out of conference. Because so NIU's early. If, yeah, because NIU. So if they lose to Syracuse this weekend, NIU will be the only game for the rest of the year that they are favored by four or more points in. So that's yeah. We'll see. This was Syracuse. It's a pretty big game, and I don't know if we feel too too hot about it right now. So I, I'll say FSU has a better chance of going four and eight than eight and four. Dustin. Yeah, and I mean, I I agree with a lot of what you said there. I mean, I think I think it's accurate right now because just the way they look through two games, they don't look like a team that could get to six wins, let alone eight. So yeah, right now, better chance of going four and eight. Hopefully you, that changes come Saturday. Yeah. Yes. Let's get to let's get to talking about Saturday. Uh, Florida State's going to travel to Syracuse, uh, and they're going to play in the Carrier Dome. Uh, Clemson actually lost to Syracuse last season in the Carrier Dome. Uh, does the dome have any kind of effect on how Florida State Willie Taggart will go on his first road game? Will that affect anything? Are we thinking the setting well, will do anything? Having been to a noon kick at the dome. Um, there were more players there than fans. So, um, I don't think, I think as, as FSU's first road game draw, this is about as friendly a game as you can get, you know, with the schedule, it could have been Miami, it could have been Clemson, could have been Florida, could have been Notre Dame, could have been NC state, Louisville. Um, so I think this is probably the best road game that you could get as the first game of the season. Do you think that environment? 
do you think that environment is is any more hostile considering Syracuse's you know hot start two and zero? They've scored 117 points through two games, mm-hmm. and then they have they have Florida State coming into town, a team that's struggled. So I mean, just, dude, they they could be starting off three and I know, but it's just not. I'm not saying like they won't have 35, 40,000 fans there. I'm just saying it's not like a hostile environment. I mean, there's more pressure playing in Tallahassee in front of 80,000 and against a home crowd that boos you if you don't score, you know, like <laughs> than then there is playing against Syracuse. Who, who's going to have to step up on defense to help stop the offense? Who's going to have to be the, uh, the big factor, the X factor on stopping? Hmm. Uh, that's a good question. I mean, it, basically Syracuse's entire offense revolves around Dun- Eric Dungy running and throwing the ball. And he's one of the best quarterbacks in the conference. So I get the D-line really containing him, not even as much getting to him, but just containing him and getting some hits on him. That'll be big. Um, he's he's also the rushing leader right now at 240 yeah, yards. He, that's what I mean. That guy can run and throw it. So yeah. all the victories they get, he kind of wills them to. That's been the case for his whole career there. So if, if FSU can put a hurting on him like they did last year, they broke his foot last year in the game. Um, yeah. I know you guys mentioned it before we started recording, but – Mm-hmm. Syracuse missed a field goal late that would have put them uh, knotted them up with FSU, but they had a legitimate shot to beat FSU last year in tally, and that was with Dungy on a broken foot for some of the game. So I mean, the the key for the defense is the DBs need to cover long or cover for a, a long time because Jamal Curtis D- Dungy can escape the pocket and um, wide receiver and he Jamal can make Kurt. about every throw. Yeah, I hope Levante Taylor is ready to go this week because Jamal Curtis, 209 yards, three touchdowns, 11 receptions uh, to start off the season. I know they're small teams, but still, it uh, doesn't matter now with how Florida State started off their season. I think I think nope. it's going to have to be Levante Taylor or it's got to be pass rush and Brian Burns. Those two guys are going to have to stay on their game. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess the thing I'm interested to see is if Florida State decides to uh, put a spy on, on Dungy to, to limit his success on the ground. I mean, that could really make the linebackers a key to this game. A guy like Woodby or, or Declan Brooks or even Dontavious Jackson, if they could limit his rushing yards. I mean, I think that stops a almost entire facet of their offense. One guy that's actually going to be healthy for this game, from what I've heard, is Amari Gaynor, freshman linebacker. Uh, and he's a quick guy, linebacker. Uh, do you think he could play any kind of role in helping that as a spy? I think he could. I think he's capable of it. I don't know how much the coaching staff has faith in him right now, not because of his ability, but just because throwing him in in the first game he's healthy for um, yeah. could could be like potentially. Um, After a fracture in the foot, too. A small yeah, it, fracture, it, but still, yeah. It might not be like the best idea to get him in. Maybe late in the game if for some, some um, rotationary play to give some guys a breather, but. Um, I think he's capable of of spying the quarterback, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know how much we'll see of him, to be honest. Who's going to be the X factor for if Florida State's going to win this game on offense? Uh, I'll I'll go first. I'll say, can I pick two players? I'll say the offensive tackles. I'll say Derek <laughs> Kelly, and I'm serious, Derek Kelly, and either Brady Scott or Juwan Williams, whoever Greg Fry <clears throat> wants to start, wants to trot out there at left tackle. Um, I think the tackles are the, the X factor. If they play well enough for FSU to be able to run the ball and give Francois enough time to throw the ball, then I think FSU wins. If they don't, which I don't think, I mean, I'm leaning towards they will not, then I think FSU could lose. 
Um, I'll say I'll say DeAndre, just because I I really think over the first two games, looking back on it, he's really he's missed some reads. You know, there's some plays that should have been runs. There's some plays that should have been passes, and that's something that he has to read within this offense. And then also on on the uh, the option plays, a lot of the times he he could keep the ball and, and take it and get a first down, get positive yardage, but he's he's handed it off regardless. And I mean, we saw it on Sanford. The one of the first times he's pulled the ball season on the option, he walks right into the end zone, and then he didn't do it much for the rest of the game. So I'm just really I really want to see him take a step forward when it comes to reading this offense and making the plays that have to be made within it which means running the football. I'd like to see Francois run the ball a little bit more, even if it's not reading the offense. Even if it's not the right read, I just want to see defenses have to respect it for once. All right, well, that will lead it to the end of the podcast here. You know, we always got to give them. Uh, let's go and do the score predictions. Florida State takes on Syracuse tomorrow on Saturday at noon, ESPN in the Carrier Dome. What's going to look like, guys? How are y'all feeling? Uh, not too good. <laughs> I heard no one wanted to talk first, so. Well, Dustin's been telling us he, he's feeling really not so good about this one. That's what he's Go ahead, yeah, Dustin. Yeah, I already have got? a migraine thinking about it. There's a score prediction, right? Yep, yes, score, score prediction. prediction. This is it. All right, score prediction. I, I got... I got Syracuse taking the win over Florida State tomorrow, thirty-eight to twenty-seven. Um, yeah. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll let you finish. Mine's thirty-eight to twenty-eight, and that was completely wow. unplanned. <laughs> no. But but we're on the same wavelength, Dustin. But go ahead. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm I'm not convinced that that Florida State's defense has shown enough to limit Dungey through the air or or on the ground, for that matter. I mean, they've done. They did well against Syracuse on the ground. They they stopped Virginia Tech, but they haven't had to go against a, a true dual threat quarterback like this. And in the past, when they've done that, I mean, Lamar Jackson, just to mention one, they've gotten they've gotten diced up. I can't think of a game where we shut down a running quarterback over the last few years. So it's just hard to be confident that 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 will happen. And then on offense, I mean, it's it's the offensive line for me. I feel like the the skill players as well as Francois, they're just they're not in that comfort zone. You know, they're expecting the offensive line to break down. And I feel like that's led to the some of the miscues we've seen, just anticipating pre snap. But I just I don't think they're quite gonna get over that hump this weekend, especially against a team that's explosive as Syracuse. You can't start slow on offense in this game because Syracuse isn't. And if you do, you get behind early, it's gonna be hard to come back. Justin, real quick before we get to Ryan's prediction. Do you think having the short week to prepare for a pretty talented quarterback with Sanford affected the defense in Harlan Barnett, or is it just no excuses? There should be no excuse. I mean, yeah, Hodges is a good quarterback. I can, I can see how, how a short week affects the preparation and everything, but the coverage the coverage just wasn't very good on Saturday. And against against Virginia Tech, I thought it was a lot better. So it was really coverage breakdowns that, that led to that rather than Hodges making great plays, which he did make some. He did make some amazing throws. I'll give him that. He's if, a health quarterback, but there was more defensive breakdowns in the back in the uh, in the defensive backfield than it was him making plays. If I may chime in, um, I think more of, or of it than just the short week is that 
a lot of the hype kind of died down. They had all the hype going into the game against Virginia Tech, and they got blown out. And then not even to physically recover, but to emotionally recover after that, uh, especially when they, they played a lot of freshmen in that game and tried to mix up the schemes a lot to have um, – uh, they weren't ru- they weren't running the base defense for a lot of that game. I'm sure you guys could tell they mixed up a lot of things and put a lot of people in a lot of different positions. Uh, I know uh, we saw Isaiah Bolden play a lot, Asante Samuel play a lot, and not even that those guys played badly, but just that their first reps out there, I'd, I don't think Taggart and the staff expected such a close game. So I think in the pregame preparations, they, they said they were going to get a lot of guys in, and I think they went ahead and tried to do that. So I think that's what kind of contributed to the defensive lapses. All right, this is all up to you now, Ryan. You got to give your thirty-eight twenty-eight Syracuse. I think the issue is, and I'll make it as simple as I can. FSU's just not ready to get into a track meet with anybody. I don't think if you put FSU, FSU's offense against a bunch of like the this, I don't know the all Tallahassee high school team defense. It's not that the the issue isn't the talent; it's the the execution of the offense, especially with the talent on the offensive line. But it's not that we don't have a quarterback that can throw. If if Francois was at a, a place like, I don't know, Syracuse, I think he would be doing just as well as um, Dungy is. But the issue is it's a, it's a new scheme. The, all these players were recruited for a different scheme. They've practiced only a different scheme. Now they're trying to go way too, not too fast, but comparatively to the last uh, offense, way too fast. Way too many new, different things are being thrown at them. Again, I'm not saying uh, that Willie's not doing his job or anything. I think he should do this because the goal is not to be good this year. It's to build something at Florida State. Um, but I just don't think the the building will be ready by this Saturday. And I think FSU's offense will struggle again. They'll have dumb mistakes, and it'll keep them behind the chains. They won't be able to run the tempo they want, which if you run a tempo offense that's pretty simple, like lethal simplicity and the whole moniker and all that, if – if you if you run an offense that's supposed to be lethal simplicity, it's supposed to go fast and it's supposed to kill people not on the schemes but on the speed of the offense and the athletes. If you're not getting the line fast, the, the offense is way too simple, like we saw against Virginia Tech, to, to get anything really going. I know I said it was going to be short-winded, but I guess that's all I got. Quick question before we get off. If Ricky Aguayo isn't staying consistent with it, should Logan Tyler get a chance? He was rated out uh, – higher than Ricky Aguayo coming in as freshman in multiple different sites, ESPN, 247. Do you think he should have an opportunity? Him or DJ Matthews, yeah. <laughs> After the video on Twitter came out, yeah. him punting or kicking field goal. <laughs> well, all right, that will do it for this week's podcast, previewing Syracuse and kind of reflecting the the Samford game. Uh, you can listen to this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play. If you're on iTunes, feel free to rate us five stars. It always helps us a lot. Leave a review. Uh, thank you so much for following, as always, and hope you guys enjoy the game tomorrow at noon in Syracuse.